Hello and welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange, our series of conversations with the artists, labels and promoters shaping the electronic music landscape. My name is Mark Smith and I'm the tech editor at Resident Advisor. This week's exchange is with Mantra, the DJ, promoter and producer behind Rupture London. She founded the party back in 2006 with her partner Double O, and it's steadily become one of the city's key nodes for underground drum and bass. Their parties are well known for their impressive roster of residents, but you regularly hear of a welcoming community atmosphere too. Rupture has also been a label since 2012, and thanks to records from producers like Digital, Out of Heaven, Spirit and Forest Drive West, it's regularly cited as one of the best operating today. Mantra has also founded EQ50, a group that aims to help more women and non-binary people become involved in drum and bass. In conversation with Holly Dicker, we hear how and why EQ50 came into being, as well as getting an insight into how Rupture transformed into a leading light in modern drum and bass. As always, you can find our full archive of exchanges at residentadvisor.net and follow us on SoundCloud at ra-exchange. The exchange with Mantra is up next. recently celebrated 12 years of rupture uh, in November, now last year. How did it go? Hi, yeah, um, it was great. Um, it's 12 years of rupture, 10 years of being at Corsica Studios, which is a long time. And for the last few years, for our birthday, we take over the club next door as well, the Columbian. So we make it a three-room event. Um, and it was vibes, start to finish, it was great. Um, we turned the Columbian into our old school room and DJ Crystal came to play, who's been a huge inspiration to us over the years. I mean, he's only just started taking bookings again and he absolutely murdered it. He was just fantastic. And yeah, it was, it was really good. Lots of new faces, which is always a buzz to see. So yeah, it went well. Nice, so take us back to sort of I don't know, the first, the first party of Rupture, or maybe just a little bit before, what made you decide to start throwing drum and bass parties in London? So me and my partner, um, Double O, were going out um, an awful lot at that time. It was the herbal days. So you'd be there three, four times a week. You had bass bin, technicality, metalheads. Um, it's when uh, Hospital Records, they started there as well. You had Groove Rider there on a Sunday. So we were just avid herbal party goers, really. And we were going there one Wednesday evening. I think it was probably to technicality. Um, and it was literally the idea was we wanted to book two specific DJs, which was Gremlins and Equinox. 
and Gremlins was affiliated with Renegade Hardware, which was at the end at that time, which we were always going to, and Equinox was with Technicality. And we thought, wow, wouldn't it be so sick to throw a party with the two of them together? And that was it. We said, let's just do it. You know, it was like a little, just out of a conversation, driving along the Euston Road. Um, and, you know, by the time we got to Herbal, we were buzzing. We we're like, yeah, we're going to start a night. And we're going to put Gremlins and Equinox and it's going to be so sick. It wasn't. It was okay. <laughs> First night's always difficult. Um, but that's really, you know, we, got, we were taking a lot of inspiration from Renegade Hardware, Metalheads, Bass Bin and Technicality. So did you um, have any clue of what you're doing um any i don't know mentors or people to help you out and why was it not such a good party what happened we didn't we just like how we kind of do most things we just throw ourselves into it and kind of sink or swim and it was very much we just did that we found ding walls which i don't think was a good idea obviously in hindsight you can you know think of a thousand reasons why it didn't work but it was dingwalls on a sunday and that's where metalheads blue note was so i think to go to a venue that's so kind of synonymous with blue note on a sunday when we're doing something in a similar kind of vein um it wasn't the best idea and dingwalls is pretty big it's about 400 capacity and this is our first night and it's a really underground lineup and at the time i was djing on um, rude fm so we had about 30 of the rude fm djs down who were just all in the back room smoking weed drinking the beers my mum and dad and me and a few others and i just was i just hated it because the dance floor was just so empty and no one was really in it and I did what I used to do back then, which is just drink because I couldn't handle the nerves and then end up totally off my head. And it was just, just, I just, I just hated that feeling of thinking, is it going to fill up? Is it going to fill up? And it not filling up. It's horrible. Like that dread you have in your stomach. Um, but, you know, it didn't, we weren't disheartened enough to stop for sure. Straight away, it was like, right, boom, let's get back on it. Let's, you know, it, it was difficult and it was disheartening and we lost loads of money. But it was also a buzz. You know, I really enjoyed the whole process of it. So maybe take us back a little bit further to starting to DJ. What kind of, what made you want to start mixing and why drum and bass? So I, I guess I've got a really stereotypical London story. An older brother into Jungle, you know, back in like 95, he was going to all the big raves and we were listening to Cool FM. And um, when I was about 13, I somehow managed to persuade my mum to let me go to a rave with my best mate. And they're crazy. They said yes. They said, right, you can go to the rave, but you've got to go with your older brother, who was 18 at the time, and it was garage then. So it was exposure, second birthday at Bagley's. She said, fine, you can go. And we, said, we promise that'll be it. We'll never ask you again until we're 18. So my brother, bless him, he, he let us go with him. I don't know why, but he did. I mean, he was like a flipping dictator. Like, we could not leave his side. We could go to the loo, and that was it. Like, we couldn't venture anywhere by ourselves. But I would just never forget being in the back of that room and the music just being so loud and the bass making me feel sick and just thinking, I am going to spend the rest of my life here. <laughs> um, do you remember who was playing? Yeah, I remember um, Martin Liberty Lana and Luck and Neat. They were playing. They did a live PA, if I remember. Um, who else? And then that the MCs like Sharky P and DT, um, PSG, yeah, all of them. And and that, and that was it. I mean, every week we were out. Um, we used to have to. We'd go to the raves and then we'd sleep on the circle line until it was like a decent hour till we could kind of go back home and we'd hide our clothes under 
in like roundabouts and all, all kinds of things. We'd go straight from the road if it was on a Thursday and walk to school on a Friday and that was it. It really caught us hook, line and sinker. Whoa, so you were going raving and then going to school on Monday? Going raving on Thursday and going straight to school on Friday. <laughs> How were you getting in? Did you have like... Fake IDs, yeah, fake IDs, man. <laughs> I used to go to the, uh, what was, I think mine was something like the College of Westminster or something like that. And, you know, I th sometimes I think bouncers blatantly knew we weren't old enough. We were 14 and so we just wear little skirts and high heels and somehow managed to blag our way in. We never got turned away, not once, ever. <laughs> never, yeah, if there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> okay, so how did you go from feeling terrible on a Friday at school to starting to wanting to mix basically well I remember going to my first um, drum and bass rave which was at Stratford Rex and thinking man this is actually where it's at I don't want to wear heels when I go out I want to be in my tracksuit bottoms and a little tank top and I just want to rave and party and feel the music and dance all night and very, I mean, I, I kind of went garage raving probably for a couple of years and then that was it, I kind of switched to drum and bass and it was at the time when this would have been like maybe 2000 when I was about 16, 17, so we were going to a lot of squat parties and yeah, kind of One Nation and, and Best of British and those kind of raves, but it was when like Bad Company and Ed Rush and Optical, I was really into the no U-turn sound, the darkness, the Randall, all, all those DJs I was following. Um, and when I was at college, a couple of my friends had decks, so I'd have a go at their house. And I was really, really spoilt because when I was 16, I said to my dad, look, I really want to DJ, this is what I really want to do. And he um, was in the process of setting up a community radio station. He's from the Punjab. So he set up a community radio station in Southall and just happened to have a spare pair of Technics 1210s. So when all my mates had belt drives, I boom, like fast tracked and, and, and got, had 1210s. They were sitting in, in our loft the whole time. So once I hooked them up, that was it. Like, yeah, I was on it hard. Nice. So what kind of records were you buying back then and where were you going? And also, were you listening to, what radio stations were you listening to? I was going to Black Market was the big one, but um, it was terrifying. Like, I used to be so scared. You'd go on a Friday, because that's when all the white labels would arrive. And sometimes you'd have to almost fight your way downstairs. It would be so busy. And, like, Ray Keith would be playing, like, blasting music really, really loud. And, you know, I remember just having to like put the needle on the record and I'd like scratch the records and I couldn't put the records back in the sleeves and my hands would be shaking and I just find it terrifying so then I used to go to secondhand record stores and just like try and pick records where I thought like the name sounded quite good you know like cold stepper that sounds pretty good you know like the dark something and um, I went to a lot of secondhand record stores but it was it was such, uh, it made such a difference to me when Miss Pink started working at Black Market because she was so amazing behind the counter. She could always pick out the tracks that you wanted and it was a woman that I could just vroom, go straight to her, feel so comfortable um, and she would really sort me out. Um, and so once she started working there, I was at Black Market all the time. I guess it felt quite like a boys club back then and in many respects still does. So yeah, I guess, did you have these key female figures or role models at that time or just people who kind of made you feel a bit more comfortable about being a woman and being passionate about this and just getting stuck in you know if, if I'm honest back then the 
it, it never even crossed my mind that there was so few women in drama. It, that's just how it was. For years, it never even crossed my mind. Um, but it was Flight's show on One Extra, the next chapter. That was huge for, for us. I mean, I had a, a, a group of mates, um, Tasha, who's a wicked techno DJ now, and Panka and Becca, and we were just kind of drum and bass crazy, and we would listen to Flight religiously. Storm was also amazing. I remember messaging her on MySpace back in the day, and she like got back. Do you know what I mean? And, and she always got back. She was just so nice like that. And I'd always send her mixes and she'd actually listen to them. And say, oh, I heard this and I really like this mix you did. And that was just, I remember like the buzz that I would get from that. And Fly um, chose one of my mixes for the, their Breaking New Talent feature, which was, you know, for me, I was just losing my shit about that kind of thing. Cause you know, Flight was just such a hero to us. But at, at Herbal around that time, there was also a night called Feline that was set up. Um, and that was to kind of promote women within drum and bass. And that's where I started to get my first gigs as well. So, um, you know, the, the DJs that I would look up to for sure, it was Storm, Fly, Alley Cat, um, and a lot of the women that would play down at Feline, down at Herbal. Do you know any more about Feline that you could tell us about? Who ran it, etc. Sure. Um, it was set up by Joe and Lisa. Joe uh, used to work for like Metalheads back in the days. You still see her running the doors at loads of clubs now. Um, and Lisa was going out with the guy who owned Herbal. Um, and Storm was also involved with it. So through them really, and I sent them mixes and they kind of just off the back of that, I remember getting a phone call clear as day saying we'd like you to come and warm up for us. Um, and it was a monthly party. It wasn't exclusively women at the beginning I think they kind of mixed it up um, but towards the end it was running for uh, probably maybe four or five years something like that at Herbal um, and we'd have a wicked crowd loads of women there do you know what I mean like, like I think when you have a lot of women behind the decks it attracts a lot of women so wicked wicked vibes loved feline that's where I kind of really cut my teeth as a DJ those were my first gigs that I ever got do you, do you know what happened to it you know I don't I I can't remember if it carried on until Herbal closed I think it did, I think. Um, I think that was just it. Once Herbal closed, it um, never really found another venue and perhaps momentum wasn't there to really carry it on. That's a shame, but luckily for everybody out there, there's some new things happening, which we were gonna talk about a bit later. But yeah, I think I'm still curious about going back a little bit further to sort of um, what was the what was the London drum and bass scene like back in the sort of millennium time, and yeah, who were the other DJs that you were playing with, and yeah, where were the seeds for Rupture kind of sown basically? I think the biggest inspiration for us was going down to Technicality and seeing Equinox. Um, no one does it like Equinox still, you know, he's so sick. I remember Ben UFO saying that Equinox is his favorite DJ. He's just so unique and he just murdered it at Fabric on the weekend. And it's the first time I've ever played after him. I, I make sure that I don't play after him. And I was just bricking it, man. Jesus, you don't want to play after Marlon, he's so good. But um, so he was someone we were really following. Technicality was amazing and so was Basebin. But at that, around that time, I actually, by chance, met Equinox's girlfriend when I was doing music, um, like a, a short music course in Islington, Panka. She's like my best mate now and she's still an incredible DJ. And through her, we started record shopping and she really 
introduced me to a lot of the old school sounds, Source Direct and, you know, Fotek, Dillinger, Peche, all of them kind of guys. So every week we'd go record shopping and dig. And she very much was a huge influence in me and kind of tracing it all back, really, going back to the early years. So you mentioned your dad set up a radio station. Um, did you also play on radio? Not my dad's. <laughs> it was very much, uh, it is a full-on Punjabi radio station. <laughs> but yeah, I was on a, I was on a few early pirates. Do you know how bad it is? I can't even remember the names of some of them. Ah, oh, Y2K was one. And then I got a slot on Rude. And then I was on Rude for a few years. Um, and it was great because around that time I was working at SRD, which was the biggest uh, distributors. So I would get all the promos, like only a couple of days early, but that was enough for me. <laughs> so I would get the records and then go and play on radio, um, which was just around the corner from there in North London. And you have a residency on Rinse FM or did have a residency? Yeah. Um, it's not an official residency. We kind of we're on every six to eight weeks, kind of as and when. Um, we've been on there for a ooh, year and a half now, something like that, about a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, really enjoyed a show from I think December or yeah. Um, you did an EQ50 special. So yeah, what's EQ50 all about, and um, why should we all be interested in it? Uh, well, like I said, you know. The, the whole kind of gender balance thing was never even on my radar for years. That's just how it was, and I fully accepted it. And I, there wasn't even really like a specific thing that happened that made me kind of take notice of it. But I can't remember if it was a year or two ago. I, I just it, there was nothing very scientific about what I did, but I just plucked up a couple of labels, big labels, and did a went through all the events that they'd put on in the UK and did a chart of how many sets there were and how many of those sets were played by men and how many by women. And it was, it was pretty crazy. Do you know what I mean? We're talking like 90, 95% are men. I mean, Rupture wasn't great either. That was like 17% were women, something like that, you know? Sorry. So you just sort of pulled all this data just off on your own back. Just, you wanted to find out for yourself and then was scared by the results. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't want to look like it was some witch hunt. And like I said, there was no rhyme or reason. I chose like critical hospitality and metalheads just because they put on loads of events. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think, I'd, it, you know, I'd seen what was going on in other areas of electronic music. I'd seen crews like Disc Women and Siren. And not only these kind of groups that were activists, but also I was seeing change actually happen in other areas, you know, like women on these huge stages, Black Madonna and Honey Dijon and Nina Kravis and just so many women, Shanti Celeste, there's so many of them that are just so good doing wicked things, they're headlining big spaces and we are so far, and still now, we're just so far away from that and it just started to piss me off, you know, and thinking, why is it like that? And I, I remember thinking like, why isn't Storm playing out at massive shows all the time? She's not even getting booked by metalheads, you know, and it was just, just started to really get to me so I thought let me just let me just have a little look and see what it's like and yeah put those stats up and it kind of actually I remember thinking the night before should I shouldn't I yeah go on I'll just put it out and just it got a really quite a big re response so where, where did you put it out how did you publish it yeah, like just on my Facebook page <laughs> 
just from my uh, DJ mantra Facebook page. That's it. Like, yeah, you know, it, it was, yeah, it, it was just an instinctive thing. Flip it. I'm going to put it out and see what happens. And, you know, it, it generally people were, were shocked and supportive and thinking, wow, that's crazy. Something should really change. I also got quite a lot of backlash for it, which um, I kind of thought I might get some quite nasty messages and stuff coming all from men saying how I'm ruining drum and bass and it should all be about the music and what you're doing is incredibly divisive and I was like well do you know what like not having any women on your lineup that's divisive you know like and you know people saying oh you're just doing this for personal gain and that's just not the intention at all I was I wasn't even making a big statement behind it I was just showing you the like findings that you know, from doing a little search on Facebook, it took me like a few hours to do it, you know, and it's not actually anything that radical, you know, it's just saying, hey, there's like no women here and no women are coming through either, you know, and so off the back of that, then I got in touch with Red Bull, who were doing their normal, not novelty um, events and said, could we do a drum and bass takeover? And they were great, they said, sure. Um, it went really well, we had a great um, turnout. And so just speaking to um, Fly and Storm and the rest of the women said, why don't we just have a go setting something up ourselves? You know, it took a little while um, to get there because again, you know, it's one of them ones I've had a couple of people say, haven't you made your point? And it's like, well, yeah, but it, you don't just stop. <laughs> you know, it's like, we're not actually seeing any change yet. And I'm not on this huge campaign. I've got, you know, lots of other kind of commitments and priorities, but this is important to me. And off the back of doing our first event in December, it's clear that it's important to a lot of women as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I was in London and I could have attended. So for all the rest of us who missed out, can you let us know what happened there? Because it was, wasn't just, hey, here's some women playing some music. You had workshops and talks and everything else. Yeah, I mean, I almost see it more as like community work, really, is what it is. Um, we had myself and Jen talking about events promotion and setting up events because I mean what I would love is for more women to really be in positions of power that would be really important who are actually booking um, in charge of the bookings because I don't know any women who were promoters there was like one in the Czech Republic when I played there in December who was a woman and I, you know what I mean I can think of maybe one or two in the whole of the UK and it's funny because I just saw there's like a huge festival coming up actually in um, Czech Republic it's called Let It Roll. And I just had a look and they've released their first 70 artists and as far as I'm aware, not one of them is a woman out of 70. And I'd love to know how many of them are black as well. That's another thing that needs to be kind of addressed. But I don't think as far as I'm aware, any of them were women. Um, how is that okay? Do you know what I mean? There's just like no accountability. Drum and bass, you know, like it's all very independent very DIY it's like the wild wild west do you know what I mean so it's not like they're accountable to anyone it's not like there's policies and procedures for equal opportunities you know um so yeah so in terms of bringing it back to the EQ50 thing we also had a production workshop and then a really great uh Q&A with Storm and Flight as well and then afterwards they went back to back in the mix which was lovely um but it's very much about networking support discussion these kind of things we've got ideas for our next one we know exactly how it's going to look we're just trying to find the right space for it so it should be soon <laughs> cool um what kind of crowd came down and was it quite small and yeah what was your general feedback from the people who attended 
yeah, we had a decent turnout. We had about 40 women attend, which to be honest, I was hoping for a little bit more. Um, I don't know if that's the promoter in me, <laughs> always <laughs> looking at numbers. But I think we had quite a lot of nice press coverage, although not that much in terms of within drum and bass, in terms of other labels or artists, men kind of backing it. There wasn't a huge amount of support from them, but you know, a little bit. Um, but we had, we had, yeah, we had about 40 women. And I always said, look, if, if we are, if we don't have that many women, then it's, it just shows how important it actually really is. And 40 is not bad, you know, everyone that was there, it felt really, it was a lovely, warm space, real nice discussions happening. And some young women, which was lovely, a young mum came with her baby who was like 10 months old. She traveled an hour and a half to come. And that was so important, you know, that it's a welcoming space that for single mums, you know, if they've got kids that they can come, um, it's another huge barrier what's been really great is I've met loads of women from it I'm in touch with quite a lot um, something that came out of it was wanting a shared space to practice um, in terms of accessibility that was a problem that some women had so I'm talking to one of the women at the moment where I wish I had this already sorted so I could shout about it but we've we found the right space for it so we're going to be doing some DJ sessions um, and production sessions as well um, and yeah so and what yeah it was lovely just having like a really varied group of women um come down and a lot of young women which is really important to me i think it was um on the worldwide fm show where you said you know if i just have one woman who turns up and gets inspired then that's you know that's enough for you so i think that's almost definitely happened yeah yeah i hope so you know um and kind of around that time as well was when we were working out our next rupture lineup and we managed to get march the 8th which we all know is international women's day so we've got all women in room one which is lovely um i'm generally not that into all women lineups because often musically it's not that coherent sometimes if you just particularly like within drum and bass if you just whack a load of women together it tends to be a little bit gimmicky a little bit tokenistic and it tends to not do that well but everyone who's playing in room one is very much a rupture dj so you know i was also worried about thinking our ticket sales going to be okay and everything is like it's cool we've got about 40 tickets left until we sold out and we've got about well, how, well, about five weeks to go still six weeks to go so yeah it's all moving along nicely and it's something I've wanted to do for ages and I'm glad that like my partner really backs it as well he's very much behind all this nice um so we're talking about double o right so yeah you kind of launched it all launched the rupture party together and I don't know where did you meet and how did that all happen <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think we've been together like 14 years now, something that's crazy. It was when I was about 21, we got together, we were just mates going out, you know, and he was like, what one person, he had a car, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> He'd always come and pick me up. <laughs> always up for it, do you know what I mean? It'd be like a Wednesday, like 10 o'clock, hey, should we go out, should we go herbal, check it out? Yeah, yeah, well, I'll come for you. So just through friendship, through music, you know, and it kind of developed from that. Can you maybe... Tell us about some of the Rupture residents. I think I've read somewhere that every DJ who plays at Rupture is a resident. Um, yeah, tell us more about that. Did you read that somewhere? I'm not sure where, but uh, sure. I think so. <laughs> I like one of our mottos is when you come into Rupture, step on a toe and find a friend because it's, fr <laughs> it's quite a friendly crowd. No one's going to try and chief you up if you step on their toe. 
Um, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of have a, a few DJs on rotation who've been there from the beginning. Um, Equinox being a big one, we've been lucky to have him on board and Panka. Um, and then my favourite DJ at the moment, who's Jin, Hannah from Manchester, she's kind of been with us for about three years. Um, she's just a force of nature, man. She's just militant behind the decks. She's so raw. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a massive fan. Um, she released a EP on, um, oh, what's the label? Foundation X. Foundation X? Yeah. Pfft, that is brutal, amazing. Um, I cannot wait to see her DJ. And she also runs a night up in Manchester, right? Yeah, she runs a night called Formless, which has been going for two or three years, which is wicked. We were up there, I think November last year. Amazing vibes. But she taught me a lot about um, just when I met her, she's so focused and clear on what she wants and so professional and so driven that it really like boosted me. Do you know what I mean? To be like, you know, I need, I need to take a leaf out of Hannah's book, man. Let, let, let's fucking push this. Do you know what I mean? Let's take this seriously. Let's, you know, add that element of actual professionalism to it. And when I saw her behind the decks, I remember playing back to back with her. She's just raw. She's just like Fearless, you know, I'll be a bit like, ooh, ooh, bring the mix in, ooh, 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 hope it's tight, ooh, ooh, bring it out, ooh, EQ the bass out. And she's just like, boom, bang, smash, like, mixing for ages, you know, like, that's why I love playing back to back with her because she really boosts me up, do you know what I mean? Makes me like, fix up. So she's sick, she's amazing. Um, and there, are there any other women, not necessarily part of Rupture or EQ 50, but just women in general in the drum bass scene who is sort of, encouraging you or giving you energy or you know you want a, a good role model for anyone else who's interested in potentially joining the community yeah there's a girl called a fruit who is from russia st petersburg i believe she's had a release out on med school um she's an incredible producer i've never seen her dj but she kind of crosses over as well to that kind of like 160 footworky jukey stuff um she's absolutely sick and storm just um sorry flight just yesterday um she shared the article that um dazed recently put out on chemistry and storm and she kind of made a public announcement that it was chemistry who had the biggest influence on her it was seeing someone who looked like her behind the decks playing this weird and wonderful music that made her kind of motivate her I guess to kind of take that leap into DJing and she said if there's any black or brown women who are into drum and bass she'd just love to hear from you do you know what I mean just to like like to hear what you're doing what you're up to mixes tunes anything like that so hit up DJ Fly if you're one of them yeah because she's sick and um yeah she's she's really open you know and wanting to encourage the kind of next generation and knows how important it is to see people in these positions that look like you but um, yeah, who else is there? So the Gin for sure, um, a, a young girl called Eurobi. She's going to be playing at the next rupture. She's from Amsterdam, actually. Woohoo! Um, and she's fantastic. Really, really good DJ. Nice. Yeah. So I was putting together a, like a, a Dutch drum and bass show for um, this resident advisor community connections radio series we were doing, and I wanted to only play um, drum and bass made from Holland whether they're Dutch or live in Holland and I was really struggling to find some females to support um, so yeah again if you're out there definitely reach out to I guess DJs that you admire or know and you know that's what it's all about really isn't it just sort of being more aware that there is a community out there 
Definitely. I think off the back of setting up this EQ50 thing, what's been so great is how it's really brought us all together, you know, and how we actually work really well together. And it's pure, positive, good vibes because we know how hard it is. So if there are any women that are, you know, thinking about reaching out to someone that you look up to, do so because everyone's very open and willing to help each other out. Why do you think diversity is more of an issue in drama base compared to other genres like house and techno? Um, I guess with house and techno, you see a lot more women behind the decks and playing huge, you know, main stage sets, and then behind the scenes, more more women involved in promoting and running labels and the rest. So, why do you think drum and bass is sort of a bit slower to to catch up on that? It's a hard question. I can't say for sure. I think. We just don't have those women in those positions in the first place. And I think that can make it seem closed. And like, if, if you don't see women up there headlining stages, um, festivals and whatnot, then it, it just seems like it's not accessible for you. I think we, we've got like Molly Collins. She's doing some massive things, which is great. Um, but I think the more women that you see on those platforms, the more it's gonna encourage and spark you know, the seeds of kind of inspiration for younger women to realise, actually, there's someone up there who looks like me. I can do this, you know? And we just don't have that at the moment. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, now we're something a bit more positive. Um, yeah, so you, you, you must have plans in place for EQ50, um, the next phase. So can you share any details at this point? Well, I've been talking to Flight about it and we loved the Q&A that we had with Storm and Flight last time. It was like a panel all about DJing and their kind of history. And this time we want to do it about women of colour in drum and bass because that is like a next issue that's, that's so underrepresented. So we're going to work on a panel discussion around that. And then um, hopefully we're going to have a session on vocals and emceeing um, and then a production session as well. We've got a couple of venues that we're hoping are going to come through because, as is always the case, I've written proposals and you get knockbacks and you just have to kind of rethink things a little bit. But we're hoping for the next session to be kind of April, May time, something like that. And, I mean, this is obviously an ongoing thing, but is EQ50 just going to be sort of just these occasional events or do you have sort of these bigger plans well there's a woman that i've been speaking to who actually works for the un and she has she's a massive drum and bass fan and she has set up loads of amazing initiatives in countries to get more women involved in media so she has these really kind of great templates if you like that really work in terms of mentoring that she would like to bring into the drum and bass world so it's a little bit like baby steps though do you know what I mean like we approached a couple of people about it a few months ago and there wasn't a whole lot of interest so we're hoping that if we can build this EQ50 thing up it's not going to seem like such an extreme thing that we're asking to do um, and that would be fantastic to eventually take it there um, you know I don't have any plans at the moment to do events or stuff like that you know like maybe if, if someone reaches out to us it's something we can think about but I'm not into all women lineups you know that's something that's important to me like unless of course the women who are playing it actually like musically linked in in terms of like their sound you know then of course it's brilliant but a lot of the time it just doesn't work 
besides this, I mean, you've all, you've got loads of other stuff going on. I mean, you've just launched a new party series, right? Um, that's going to kick off in April. Yeah, Spirit Level with Om Unit and Jin. What's Spirit Level all about? Well, it you know, initially the guys who I'm working with on it, they asked me to play at Pickle Factory all night and I just got scared. I thought no one will come. I'd, I'd love to play all night. That's not what scares me. I just thought no one's going to come. Oh God, I can't do it by myself. So we had a few conversations back and forth and yeah, we decided, right, let's, let's just start something, you know, with really nice, long, extended sets. And I, I wanted to, you don't get that in drum and bass. If you're lucky, if you get 90 minutes, sometimes if you play abroad, you'll get two hours. If you're lucky, you know, like it's the standard here is you have a 60 minute set. So to be able to give people two or three hours to play is, is brilliant. Cause I know that's, that's where the magic can really happen. When you're DJing, you can really lose yourself in it and kind of go to the outer edges of what you like playing. Um, so yeah, so it came really off the back of that and it took so long to, think of a name we were going back and forth with a few ideas and with spirit level there was kind of a few different meanings to it which was why it was an important name to me and spirit level was an idea for um, we were going to call eq50 spirit level because it's kind of about balance so i like that idea and then also our dear friend spirit passed away in august so it's kind of like a homage to him and also you know in terms of spirit level a kind of higher consciousness that kind of woohoo <laughs> side of things as well so there were kind of three reasons why for me it makes sense to call it spirit level and pickle factory is a lovely small space so yeah april the 6th that's the one i think you need to bite the bullet and just uh step up to an all-night set <laughs> yeah maybe if it's 50 capacity <laughs> i just imagine like me and my sister on the dance floor you know i'd, I'd love to i'd love to play all night like that that's any dj's dream but maybe we'll see give us a year <laughs> Cool. And um, yeah, let's talk about the label. So Rupture had a, launched a label side of things in 2012. Um, who have you released so far? And yeah, what's the plan with that? Uh, so we're up to, I think our 17th release, I think is. We, we had quite a big gap when I had my first son because I had like a really difficult pregnancy and I was on bed rest for ages. And then when he was born, he had all these health issues. So all of that just kind of really went to a back burner. So we did, I think maybe for like a year, year and a half, we didn't actually release anything. It just wasn't even on our radar to think about it. So we're only actually up to our 17th release, which is fine. There's no race, it's not a rat race. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> only, that's pretty good, that's pretty decent. Yeah, it's all right, it's all right. But what's nice about this year is we've got loads of new artists and that is such a buzz and a couple who haven't released any music before. That, you know, it, it, it's like a couple of these guys are a bit like with Forest Drive West when he hit us up with some music and hadn't released any drum and bass before and the whole folder was just like magic and it was like, oh my God, like this is so sick. It's such a privilege to be able to put out a new artist music um, when it's as strong as someone like Forest Drive West. So yeah, we've got lots of new artists We've also launched this Planet series as well, which we had Mercury and Venus 
came out at the end of last year. Um, and then we've got Earth and Mars coming soon. So we've given the producers a brief and most of them have written to that planet. So Mars is obviously dark and angry and furious and red. And then Earth is very rootsy, very dubby. Um, Saturn is kind of spacey and ethereal. We've got Seba doing Saturn, which just for us made sense. Om units on board, Forest Drive West. So some really amazing artists are involved in that. Why planet theme? I was just thinking of a theme and it came up. You know what I mean? It was like colours has been done and you want a series. I knew I wanted to do a series and I was like, this planet's a bit, it's a bit obvious, but you know, like it hasn't really been done. And drum and bass, spacey, sparse, dark. <laughs> it just kind of made sense. And what about producing yourself? I mean, you've done a few bits in the past, right? Yeah, I have. I'm so inconsistent with it, though. This is the thing. It's like I'll go through periods of being really on it and finish loads of music and then just nothing for like six months. But I've also really just stopped putting pressure on myself because it used to really like burn at me like oh, I should be making music I should be making music but it's the one area of the whole kind of music world that I struggle with the most with being a mum as well because you know you're like you're a mum you're busy you're tired you're exhausted the kids are in bed so suddenly it comes to like half eight nine o'clock that's your time and sometimes I'm just too tired I don't have it in me and like that's okay you know just to stop putting that pressure on me and so I just do well you know what can I do and I, I love organizing things and thinking of lineups and piecing lineups together and looking at venues and the kind of management of a label and artwork and all, all of that stuff I get such a buzz out of um so you know I'm tinkering about I'm doing doing a bit of production but um yeah it, it's something that I'd love to do more of but my babies are little they're going to be big in no time and then I'll have more time to be able to focus on that so when you first started Rupture in 2006, did you think you would get to this point now, 12 years later, release, like 17 releases, really respected um, underground drum bass party, um, and now a huge, well, a growing community of um, women and not women artists. Um, it seems like you've got, you know, you've done some really awesome things, but yeah, did you ever see any of this happening, you know, back then? <laughs> if I'm honest with you, some of it, yeah. I, like, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I had big plans. Do you know what I mean? I was, like, determined. I was 21, I think, when we started Rupture. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, this is going to be my life and I'm going to make sure it happens you know and it's only been since having my second son that we're kind of doing all right for me to not go back to my job you know it, up until that point I've always been involved in community work um so yeah I mean I, I knew I wanted to be in this for the kind of long haul this wasn't like a, a short fad you know I've it's in my bones it's in my DNA I love it wholeheartedly I still do still as passionate about it as I was when I was 16 you know um, so yeah, I mean, it's lovely the kind of community side of things that's grown and I love the fact that people say Rupture feels like home and it's really friendly and everyone kind of knows each other there as well, which is brilliant and they, they'll all have these like Rupture meetups and it's got a real nice spirit to it, I think, which isn't actually down to us, it's down to the people who come, you know, it's down to everyone who comes to make the atmosphere what it is. Um, so, yeah. Cool. And um, I guess... Finally, um, any tips or words of encouragement or 
advice for aspiring women who want who are either interested in drum and bass or just generally want to get involved yeah what would you what would you say to them yeah i would say if you are djing it is good to have like something else do you know what i mean in terms of either like a radio show or that's really the big one i think you want to have a platform where you can play regularly um, and people can hear your mixes I would say there's there's a lot of stuff online as well now in terms of production tutorials but also just reach out to other other producers and you know if you feel more comfortable for sure other women because we're all here ready and willing to give as much advice and encouragement and support as possible one of the best things that came out of the last EQ50 event was meeting this girl Decibella and she is the sickest DJ and the sickest producer she comes to every rupture but I just never met her before you know and so just from doing that event just on a selfish reasons for meeting her has been fantastic and hopefully like seeing where she's going to progress with her music is such a buzz and for sure reach out to people you know like we're a friendly lot 